Good morning. Buenos dias. How many Hispanics do we have here in the house? Buenos dias. You know, it is an honor for me to be here with you in chapel at Southwestern. Thank you, Dr. Queen, for the opportunity. And uh, it is an honor to be in, a, in my alma mater, but also not only my wife and I graduated from Southwestern, about 70 plus years ago, my wife's grandparents graduated from Southwestern. They graduated, then they went to Costa Rica to learn some Spanish. After spending, I believe, one to two years in Costa Rica, then they went to Mexico, became missionaries for about 36 years. They planted many churches in Mexico, saw so many people come to Christ, being discipled. They opened a new Baptist hospital in Guadalajara, Mexico. They ate a lot of tacos, learned to, to eat real hot sauce. Carla's grandfather always traveled with Pepto-Bismol in his back. And he would not stop eating hot sauce. He just enjoyed it. He loved it. My wife and I met in Mexico. She, she looks American, but don't dare to tell her that she's American. She's more Mexican than me. But when you, when you look at our story, you're going to learn that we met, we got married, the Lord took us from Mexico to Argentina. We moved to the U.S. about 20 years ago. And, uh, and after about nine years in, in the Houston area, the Lord moved us out of Texas. We went to Arkansas, a foreign country. From Arkansas, we moved back to Mexico, from Mexico to Tennessee. And the Lord brought us back to the promised land, to Texas. Now, when we were in Houston, we never enjoyed the heat. It was hot and humid. Any, any Houstonians here? You're not going back, right? <laughs> so we thought we're going to move back to Texas. And they told me that Fort Worth was not as hot as Houston. We moved in June. It was like 109 degrees. It was hot. So hot that my wife and I, when we found finally a house in the middle of the craziness of the house market, the Lord gave us the opportunity to find a house in the northwest side of, of Fort Worth. And as soon as we got the house, we decided that we were going to have solar panels. So we got solar panels and just a few weeks after we got the solar panels, the solar panels were connected, the solar panels were generating power, and uh, we were enjoying throughout the summer, like, paying nothing of electricity. Can I have an amen? Now, my brother-in-law, his name is Joshua, like two weeks before we got into the solar panel deal, he told me, Julio, I'm going to go with a different company, and I'm going to get solar panels too. I said, that's, that's great, but listen, man, this guy is 
No, 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 I'm not going to get him. I'm just going to get him through a different company. So he got a different company and they got the solar panels on the roof before we got them on the roof. The only difference is one month passed, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months, no power. If you look at both solar panels, if you look at both houses, they look pretty much identical. They had the solar panels on the roof, they had the system, they had everything, but no power. You know why? Because they were disconnected. They were not connected to the power source. Same sun, same kind of solar panels, but they were not connected. They just recently got the solar panels back to work after the summer. Dear friends, we have all that we need, all that we need to experience the sun's power, the S-O-N, sun's power in our lives, in our families, in our churches. And the reason that we go through powerless seasons in our lives is because we rely in the systems We rely in the strategies. We rely in technology. We go through the motions and forget that in order for us to experience the powerful, the incomparable, unmeasurable, irresistible, unstoppable power of God, we need to be connected to the source, which is Jesus. Today, I would like for you to read with me From the word of God in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And the Bible says, But you will receive, and I want you to say it with me, but you will receive when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Father, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you for your presence in our lives. And I pray that you speak to us in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus, amen. From the first verses of the word of God, the Holy Spirit movement precedes the mighty Hand of God moving on behalf of this world. The Bible says, because the earth was formless and empty, darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the Holy Spirit moved and the power of God was demonstrated through light, creation, order, and life. The power of God through the Holy Spirit is evident throughout the Old and the New Testament. 
And you know what? God's people, that's right, God's people, just like you and I have experienced it. Judges, prophets, warriors, kings. Listen, don't miss this. Jesus promised that the same power that moved in creation, the same power that brought Jesus back from death to life is available to his church. That's you and I. Because the spirit of God now dwells in us. He lives within us. We have all that we need to experience the power of God in us. The question is, why is it that we don't? Why is it that we don't? Ian Bounds, in his book, Power Through Prayer, says what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men, and I would say men and women, whom the Holy Ghost can use. Men of prayer, men mighty in prayer, the Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men. Men of prayer. You know, when we read Acts 1.8, Jesus told his disciples that power, dunamis, that power that changes everything around and within. That dunamis was coming their way in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that power in the early church is the same power we have available today in our lives, in our church. And also the same purpose of that power exists today. But what is that purpose? For us, the church of Jesus, to get out of our comfort zone and be witnesses of the mighty saving grace of Jesus to a world that is lost and condemned to hell. And I would like to say it again. And I would like to say this. To get out of your comfort zone and be witnesses of the mighty saving grace of Jesus to a world that is lost and condemned to hell. You and I know that the power of God was intended for the church to live the great commission, expanding God's kingdom. We know that. And we do that when we share the gospel everywhere with everyone. Because the wages of sin is still death. Death. Eternal separation from God. But the author of life, Jesus, has come to give us life. Eternal life, but abundant life as well. Dear friends, a church that is connected to the power source cannot remain the same. 
A church that is experiencing the power of the presence of God within them will be moved to compassion for the lostness that exists around them. My message today is power to move, power to go. Power to go. In the great state of Texas, there are around 30 million people and almost two-thirds of them, 19 to 20 million, if they die today, they would go to eternal damnation. They would go to hell. If that doesn't break your heart, I don't know what else. That's what broke my wife's grandparents' heart and they were willing to step out of their comfort zone, leave America, go to Costa Rica, move to Mexico, spend 36 years sacrificing themselves because they knew lostness is a reality. Jesus told the disciples in the gospel of Luke chapter 10, verse 2, that the harvest is plenty. We know we believe that, and the laborers are few. I praise the Lord for each one of you students that are here because you are answering to God's calling. You know that lostness is a reality, and you are in this seminary, perhaps getting ready to go out to a world that is lost. We know. Praise the Lord for that. Laborers are few, but then Jesus challenged the disciples and say, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers, more laborers. And what I love about this passage is that immediately on verse three, right after he told the disciples to pray, Right after this prayer gathering with the disciples, Jesus told them, now go. Now go. How do we know we are connected with God? How do we know that we're connected to the power source? The source of our strength. How do we know that we are experiencing God's power in his presence? When we are moved to action. When we go. When we send. When we share the gospel. If you go to act. When people were full of the spirit. They were bold to go and share the gospel. Revival in our churches will happen when we fast, when we pray, and when we go. Help me after this. Revival in our churches will happen when we fast, when we pray, and when we go. If we just hold prayer Meetings in our churches during the week and even Sunday mornings. 
but we're not willing to go. Then there is no need for power. Don't throw tomatoes at me yet. I'm not saying that we don't need the Holy Spirit. And we know the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives is not just for us to go and share the gospel. But the power that we read in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is to be witnesses and to take the gospel out of our comfort zone and go to Jerusalem and go to Judea and go to Samaria and go to the ends of the earth. The power offered by God is for us to be strengthened, bold, and move to go. One of my favorite passages in the scripture is in Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to 20. And we learn about the need we have to put on the full armor of God. And we teach and we talk about the belt of truth. And we talk about the breastplate of righteousness, the readiness. The shoes ready to take the gospel and the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of God. Though, though we miss so many times, verse 10 and 18. Verse 10 reads, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast Strength. Paul is telling the church to get hold of the power that is available in his presence. So we can face a spiritual battle with success. With success. The word for be strengthened. Listen to, listen to this. The word for be strengthened is endunamis. And what was the power, the word for power in Acts 1.8? Dunamis. So what we read in this scripture is get this kind of strength. Get in dunamis. Get strong in this kind of strength that I told you before that Jesus mentioned in Acts 1.8. Be strong Leverage the power promised in Act 8, uh, 1, 8. But now let's read verse 18. It says, pray at all times. Pray at all times. In the, say spirit. In the spirit. With every prayer and request and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercessions for all the saints. Dear friends, the power, the strength that mobilize you and mobilize me to win the battles by wearing the full armor of God is found when we pray in the spirit. When we pray in his presence. We cannot win the spiritual battles without prayer. Even, even, listen up. This is falling. I don't know how it's, this is going to work. Let's see. Sorry. That's what happens when you have a worship pastor that preaches. 
We cannot win the spiritual battles without prayer, even, even if we, we wear the full armor because the armor is powered when we pray in the spirit. I'm gonna repeat this. And I think we, we fall into this mistake so often because we wear the full armor of God and we believe we're wearing, wearing the full armor of God and, and we know that we, we have everything that we need and then suddenly we forget to spend time in prayer. I was touched today by the testimony of about five, six people at the beginning before the service started, people that decided to do what is most important than even what I'm doing today and is to pray. And they were praying and they were lifting up the needs of this seminary and perhaps some people's needs and perhaps praying for the guy that was going to speak. You see, if we teach from this passage that, not, that only the sword of the spirit, the word of God is what we can use for offense, we are wrong. The reality is that prayer in the spirit and his presence is what gives us the spiritual energy to fight the spiritual battles and to take the word of God to a lost world. Do you remember Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 3? And the Bible says that those in the church in Antioch were ministering, and some translations read, they were worshiping to the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. Then after they fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. In our churches, we do pretty well the ministering, the worshiping side. We do pretty well the preaching of the gospel, sharing the word of God, we even have different kind of music. We have hymns, all hymns, new hymns, praise and worship. But when we get to the praying and fasting, come on, guys, we need to confess. We don't do that much. And we don't do that much in the spirit. We do that very much in the transition from song to song. We do that much as we close our eyes and we change the stage. I, I did it, I've done it. We desperately need to pray and fast seeking God's presence. That's what sets us apart from any other belief. Guys, what sets us apart is not that we have Great songs. 
What sets us apart is the presence of the Holy Spirit living within us and that we can live lives full of the power of God. That we can go to a lost world in the power of God. I've heard recently that God created us and gave us the opportunity to be in this world just to be with him. I don't believe that because it's not only, if it was only for us to be with him, then let's go to heaven. Then we don't need any more. God created us, gave us the opportunity to have eternal life. So we can be with him, yes. And we can go and talk to a people that are going to hell. When the church prays and fasts like it did in Acts 13, the church will experience power. And that power will move the church into action. So as the church prays and fasts, so the church goes. And how does the church go? We all can go to our Jerusalem, even our Judea. But for the church to go beyond our community, the church needs to send. I get to lead Send Network SBTC. And Send Network is a family of churches planting churches everywhere for everyone. Listen up. NAMP does not plant churches. The seminary doesn't plant churches. Churches plant churches. And right now in 2022, thanks to the generosity of our churches that give through the CP and Annie Armstrong Easter offering, we're about to set a record of churches planted in Texas since 2005. A great achievement. But even with that, Dr. Green, we cannot even keep up with the growth we experience every week. Every week, 1,000 people move to Austin. Every week, 850 people move to Houston. Every week, 1,400 people move to DFW. Listen up. If you add not only those three numbers, you add everyone in Texas. We have half a million people moving from out of state to Texas. Half a million. And I'm not counting the 1,000 babies that are born every day. 365,000 babies every year. Most of them, Hispanics. We, we have a lot of babies. <laughs> What are you going to do? Dear seminary student, hundreds and hundreds of new churches need to be planted every year. I told you about the record of church planting. 
I lead that. I feel, I feel so good to say since 2005, that's only 40 churches that we planted this year. Do I feel excited? Yeah, I feel excited. I also feel sad. Because I feel that we, we're not even doing what we're supposed to do. Less than 1.5% of our churches are planting churches in Texas. God is calling you guys. Listen up. God is calling you. What are you going to do? How about we, we do the same as the church in Antioch? What if, what if, we, what if we pray? What if, what if we fast? What if we send our best? The last passage that I'm going to read today is in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And the Bible says, this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. In 2023, Send Network, SBTC, the family of churches planting churches, will emphasize fasting and praying among all of our church planters starting the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Would you join us? What if you start the year with 21 days of praying and fasting. What if, what if you just set the example in your church? What if, you, if you're part of a church and you, you talk to your pastor, you say, Pastor, I was challenged today. I would love to do a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Oswald Chambers said, prayer that does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Wouldn't it be great if every time we pray, God would give us what we pray for? When we pray according to his will, we receive what we prayed for. Okay. Praying for our God to send more laborers to the harvest is the prayer that Jesus told the disciples needed to pray. Don't you think that's God's will? He will answer by moving your church, by moving you to go. Moving you to send. And today I would like for all of us to dedicate at least one, two minutes of our time to pray in his presence. So that God will show us how and where to go. Because listen up. Election week already, already passed. The solution to lostness in our state, in our nation, does not depend on the members of the lower house, nor the upper house. It relies in the empowered members of the church of Jesus, the house of the Lord, willing to fast, pray, and 